And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, yeah, we are the chosen ones. It is the Weighing In Podcast with the real punk, Josh Thompson, and me, John McCarthy, here to bring you all the insight into MMA and the things that are happening around the world of MMA and combat sports. My God, it's good to see you, Josh. You're feeling good. You're looking good. That's a nice beanie covering your ears so you can't hear anything the podcast Dave says. <laughs> Whatever I can do to drown out the Dave noise, man, it's just driving me crazy. Just the last couple of days, I swear. I'm just like, gosh, I just want to pull my hair out. New year, new me bullshit has got my last nerve already, I swear. This is what happens uh, when you give up drinking. I know. I got to tell you, I'm probably going to – I don't know if it's going to last long, John. I swear. I figure you got a month, baby. You got you a, month, go a month. At the, at the end of the month, you're going to yeah. see me, and I promise I you I'm going to make you break that sucker. I think I think the, I can see why Chael does what Chael does now. He just as soon as things are done, he just Hits bounces back to his room. Yep. Yeah, he avoids everyone like the plague. But he doesn't drink, so he doesn't have that problem. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those. Uh, it's gonna be one of those things. I, I'm gonna make it a while. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna make it at least a month. Okay. <laughs> at least a month. I'll give you a month. All right, close to uh, a month. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I've been working out already a couple times a day, doing tw- two a days. Been riding the bike and uh, doing some skateboarding as well. Just a little fun. I'm letting my lab pull me around the park on my skateboard. Oh, so, so your lab's doing, doing the workout. My lab's doing the work. <laughs> I'm like, yep. So he's getting some exercise, and I'm getting outside, which is always nice. Uh, I did some uh, I did some serious mountain biking on Sunday with a bunch of fellows up in Santa Cruz. Hit some pretty big trails and stuff. So I got to start videoing this stuff so I can get more footage out there of yeah. being active i like it I, I had so much fun i've been riding with a couple of good friends and uh it's like kind of like uh, a group of dads you know so i don't have to worry about over- underperforming because <laughs> they're, they're all got the dad bods going it's great and then um you know but uh but then i've got a crew of guys they all that all compete for specialized you know the the mountain bike company yeah so they're they're all they're all you don't go to with take them. me out don't i'm, go I'm gonna them. go with them i'm gonna don't go, go with, with them, them. Yeah, well, hey, if you can climb trees, I can go mountain biking with them. Humble. <laughs> you will be humble. <laughs> I have no doubt. Just looking at the videos that these guys put together, and I'm thinking to myself, man, they, they like, elevate off of these jumps. I oh, yeah. what it is. And they can turn and cut in the air, and I'm like, what in the hell? Like, there's just no way. But I mean, I'll just be at the t- I'll be at the tail end picking up you, the slacks. So. You know those six six broken ribs and punctured lung I had. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome welcome to the party, bitch. Well, <laughs> I've got knee pads, elbow pads. I've even got a rib protector and I've got a spine protector too. Okay, so you you'll be yeah, all right. So I, and I've got a full frontal ma- uh, mask head uh, head head. Uh, what's it called? Helmet. Helmet. Helmet <laughs> with the with the front the front mask in the front too. So I, I'm I should be okay. I mean, uh, you know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been mountain biking since I was young, but I mean, not at that level. These guys are doing it, but the dad crew though is a little bit more my speed. I'm a little bit faster than the majority of them, but they're all older though too in their fifties, you know. Um, but then you know the the younger guys, the guys on the team, those guys are probably in their late twenties, early thirties, and they can freaking book it, man. So we're gonna they're gonna take me out. I think either this weekend or the weekend after. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And everyone everyone needs a little humble pie every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna come in the front. I don't All depends on how it's served. 
I want to feel that pressure of them. If I'm in the front, I got to feel the pressure of them breathing down my neck, pushing me to go faster. And that's when it's bad. <laughs> you pull up the, if you pull up the caboose, baby, like there's not, it's not that big of a no, deal. It's right? just, I'm going slow. <laughs> yeah. They're just at the bottom waiting for you going, okay, man, dude, we're trying to get to the next trail. Hurry up, buddy. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Hey, let's, uh, Dave, what are we doing today, buddy? I mean, like this, I only want you to talk very little. Okay. Get to the point. Very little. Okay, try to speak English. I know you're from Scotland, okay, but I know they, they're pretty close to inventing the language. Can you speak a little bit today? <laughs> you want me to speak Gaelic? Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I mean, I'll sound like you if I start speaking Gaelic gibberish. Gaelic? <laughs> <laughs> Just go uh, for it. Let's go. What are we doing? Talk to right. us. Today we have uh, actually some really good uh, topics to cover. Uh, we're going to start with probably the biggest one uh, for the day, which is Dustin Poirier coming out on Terry Atlas's podcast and saying that um basically says i'm not holding my tongue it's nate diaz that i'm gonna fight uh, i'm not gonna say a day i'm not gonna say a card but it's coming up pretty fast it's uh, short notice yeah however in response to that um in the last sort of couple hours or whatever nate has come out and says i just talked to the ufc i said what's up with the dp fight i want to fight asap but they said dustin sucks and they don't want it sorry dustin <laughs> you suck hope to fight asap though let's do this p.s Oliveira, you suck too so <laughs> I don't know if that's a money related thing that Nate Diaz no, is he's just, something he's else. pushing buttons. No, you know, honestly what it is, the UFC does not want to allow him to fight <laughs> a big name guy for his last fight on his contract. He wants to fight as soon as possible. Now, we've talked about this a bunch of times, John, right? Is that yeah. he wants to fight because he wants to get that last fight over with so he can either renegotiate or he can just bounce out to boxing to fight somebody else, right? <clears throat> that's what he wants to do. As soon as he comes out publicly, and tells them, even privately, if he tells them, I'm ready to fight. I'm waiting on you guys. Give me an opponent. Here, these are the guys that I'm willing to fight. Let's go. It's on them. Now that reactivates his contract. So even though it's delayed for four months, it, it extends his contract for four months. Yeah, but as soon as, he, as soon as he as hits that as fight, it doesn't matter. Exactly. As soon as he says he's ready to fight, okay, I'm ready to fight. Let's go. These are the guys that I'm ready to fight. Then that's on them. Now it activates his contract back up. So then it's not really a full four-month-long extension. As soon as he agrees to say, hey, I'm ready to fight one of these guys, that activates his contract again. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of the position. He's actually come out publicly now and put them on the spot because now they're on the clock. They've got to get him a fight coming up because his contract will start coming to an end. And once that contract comes to an end and he has one fight left, they're going to fight him before it ends. But remember, after that contract ends, it's normally a 60 to a 90 day period where they have just exclusive negotiating rights to hold him. Now, they'll know whether they're going to do that probably by then. But I mean, I think they're going to hold him as long as they possibly can. John, John who, I mean, realistically, who? I mean, they're not going to let him fight Oliveira because he's the champion. No. That fight's not going to happen. They don't want him winning. And then he'd be, he, he could stay. He would no. end up having to stay. Excuse me. He would end up having to stay. If he won the title for at least one or two fights or however long, you know, they've negotiated that deal. But <clears throat> that won't happen. No. But his fight with Dustin, I don't see why. I don't. It's a perfect matchup. All the shit talking they've been doing back and forth. And I honestly, man, I really want to see. I, I, I actually would kind of prefer to see the Connor and Nate Diaz three over yeah. the Dustin fight. And I like Dustin a lot. I just I want to see Dustin fight. The, the upper echelon of fighters. I think Nate right now is not at that point anymore. I don't think. I think he had his run. I think he's getting a little bit older. I think he's he's motivated by handpicking. And here's the other thing with him. John, he comes, him and his brother both for years, but a lot with Nate, is that there's certain fighters that motivate them to get them pumped for the fight. 
And there's certain fighters that don't. And we've seen them perform yeah, so-so against fighters that they're, you could tell they're not really motivated to fight. And then you see them fight guys that they were motivated to fight. You go back and you watch his fight with Donald Cerrone. I know oh. I mean, he looked, he was just one of his he best performances ever. Exactly. I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, in that fight, he was piecing Donald up, just touching him. And he, I think Donald had let him get into his head throughout that week of the fight. And I think the, the lead up to that fight, because Donald didn't look himself either. It was just the, the Southpaw stance, the, the, the cracking of the, the, the talking shit as he was throwing the combinations and he was keeping long range, not even really inside the range for the kicks. There was having some problems there. Donald started figuring out a little bit with the inside. There was the inside leg kick and the and the and the leg kick. He started having problems with like as the fight went on. Nate was, but <clears throat> that boxing was was just tearing him up right off the bat, right from the get go. And yeah. all the talking and conversation was definitely an issue for him. But that I'd have to agree with you. That was one of the best performances I've ever seen from Nate. His his three best performances, if you look at him overall, you know, and it's you can sit there and say whatever you want. The Donald Cerrone fight, he was amazing with his counter striking and his ability to hit Cowboy when Cowboy did not expect to be hit. The pressure he put on him. Like you said, Cowboy was starting to catch that leg towards the end of the fight, and it was making a little bit of a difference. But especially the first two rounds, you just looked and said, my God, I didn't see this coming in this fashion that way. And then his two fights with Conor. You got to admit, you know, look at the, he was, he took that first Connor fight, you know, last minute. He had about a week to prepare for it, if that, and, you know, went out there, took a lot of abuse in the beginning, but we all know that Nate can do that. And then just started peppering Connor. Connor got tired, tried to put him away and just did what he does. Started putting shots on him, hurt him, you know, and as he says, I made you a wrestler. And that's what he did because it was Connor that took the shot and tried to take him down. Yeah. So, you know, the second fight that he had with Connor, I thought was an amazing fight actually by Nate because Connor had done his homework, had figured things out, and he was touching Nate a lot and backing off, not overextending, not trying to load up a lot. And Nate just took his time and he had those moments in that fight where he had Connor in trouble. And it was a close, close fight. One of the best fights, I think, that anyone, when you're watching MMA, you look at what happened in that fight. It was an amazing fight. So those are his three best performances. But if I was going to pick someone that you know he hasn't fought that I would like to see him fight, I would like to see him fight Dustin Poirier. I'd like to yeah. see what happens. You know, but I, you know, I, I don't care if it's at 155. But I think at 170, since Dustin has said, "Hey, I want to go up." Make it at 170. Have, you know, both of them feeling, you know, all swollen up and feeling good. Have energy and let's see what happens in it. I think it'd be an interesting fight. Yeah, I think if both of them don't have to make the cut, I don't think Nate really wants to make that cut anymore. He's I don't think so talked either. about. Yeah, I don't think he has any interest in doing that. <clears throat> I would hate to see the fight actually get come to like fruition and then the week of going. Yeah, I'm not making the weight. You're going to have to make the weight. That wouldn't be fair either. I'd like to no. see it be even across the board. You know, even if they decided to say, hey, let's do a catch weight between the two of them, but I don't think the UFC would really care. They'd be say, hey, let's just do it at 170. Whatever you guys come in at, you guys come in at. You know, um, they, I think they would make adjustments for that fight. I just don't, I don't see that happening. The, the history of the UFC um, has been proven that what they want to do is the person on their last fight of their contract, they don't want them fighting any of their top guys. No, you normally know, they want to get them beat, though. Yes. So unless there's a top guy like a Chimaev, 
Like if you can say Chamaya versus Nate, they're gonna take that fight all day long. Oh, they did. I, I think they want. That's the fight they tried to put over onto Nate. Yep. I think Nate said, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. And so Nate knows what they're doing. He yeah. the history has shown that's what they do. You know what I mean? And so when it comes down, and that's a smart business plan here. Like we continue to say this, guys, that this this is what they've learned over the years. <clears throat> when dealing with their fighters that are on their last fight of the contract, John is like, they, they didn't, when they were younger, when they were relatively learning the sport, Dana, Lorenzo, Frank, they were learning how to handle these athletes. They couldn't take the athletes at face value because the athletes had something in the back of their mind that they wanted to do that didn't always agree with what the UFC wanted to do. And they bounced out and left them high and dry. Yeah. So when you, when we, when we say, the UFC does this, this, and this. We're not talking bad about them. No. What we're telling you guys is that over the years, John, they've learned from negative experiences because the fighters have fucked them over. Yeah, we, we call it, in police work, it's called an MO. It's modus operandi. And it's that, that shows that you have a system of doing something, and, that, and they have a system of doing something. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying this is what they do. They're gonna If they have a fighter that they believe, ah, he's going to leave. He, he wants to go somewhere else. She wants to go somewhere else. They're going to look towards a person that they believe can beat that person, that they can use the name of that bigger star to get a win against them with their young star that they have coming up, and they can use that in building the young star. Their job as a promotion is to build stars. you know. And so there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that's their MO. That's their modus operandi. That's what they do. They're going to look. If you're that person that's going to be in that position to leave, they're going to look to get you beat because mm -hmm. they want to use your name. Yeah, you guys go back and look at the Randy Couture situation. Look at the BJ Penn situation. Look at any fighters that have decided to try and leave as they were making their exit out. Okay, um, and Nate is no different in this situation, and they've done it to a lot of fighters as they've gone and they've started to pass and, and decided to to leave their career behind. This they have learned this over those years in dealing with those type of fighters, and it's it's just been the learning curve for them. That's why they. That's why Dana knows. Like, hey, <clears throat> this is what, this is how we handle each situation. They have, and like you said, an mo for how they handle each one of these situations because of this of what they've had to deal with in the past. Yeah, and it's, you but, know, there's. I think if they put this fight together, it's a good fight. It's got all the makings of you know the personality wise. It's going to be fun to watch. Dustin is a guy wanting to move up and wait. You know, they, they've both been lightweights. Them going up to welterweight is great. You know, I don't think Dustin is going anywhere. He says he just wants to have certain fights with, you know, big, big name fights, superstar fights. Great. If he wants to go back down to lightweight and try to get the title, maybe he'll do that again. But this is the perfect fight for him coming off of the Oliveira fight, you know, to get back in there and to, uh, you know, try to get that taste out of his mouth of of not winning the title. This is the perfect fight with the perfect guy as far as the name and the reputation with Nate. And Nate, look, he can beat anybody on a given day. And uh, he's been fighting guys at 170, so he's used to the power. He's used to everything. He's not a guy that's easy to get rid of. This is, uh, this is exactly what you're looking for in a fight, I think. I like it. Who do you see? Uh, here's Dustin talking about going to 170. But who do you see him fighting though at 170? I don't see anyone, John. Well, Maybe I, Leon Edwards, but the, he's gonna have a hard time with the speed. 
Yeah, no, nah, I I think he matches the speed of Leon. You know, you, you got to oh. figure. Yeah, no, he's no look, way. He's not. He's not. I'm not saying he's as fast, but you do certain things to negate the speed, and he's got that ability because he's fought guys that are fast. Yeah, and look, Connor's fast. He was able to negate a lot of things by things that he was doing, and so you know, it's a matter of Dustin's a seasoned fighter. He's smart, yeah. you know, and he knows what he's doing. If you're looking at the matchup itself, you know, if you're looking at, you know, who's he going to be fighting, look, he could fight guys in the 170-pound. We, we named a couple of them stuff, but when it gets into that upper echelon and you're looking at the the guys and, you know, the Kamaru Usmans, the Colby Covingtons, the Gilbert Burns, it's a tough one because, you know, Gilbert's a guy that, and he, he's just dangerous if you hit the ground with him. And he's got power in his hands, and he's much better at 170 than he was at 155. Just the same as I believe that Dustin Poirier is was much better at 155 than he was at 145. He was cutting too much weight. It was affecting his performance. It was affecting his ability to actually take damage. So he broke down much quicker in the 145-pound division. So maybe going up to 170, he's going to even be better. You don't know. Yeah, Gilbert Burns is big though for 170. Like, <laughs> well, hold on, his, hold on. Gilbert Burns has gotten very big for one. Yeah, he's enormous, man. His yeah. fucking legs and his oh, ass dude. and his waist well, and his are trunk. Are you kidding? When we see him, man, he's like oh. 220. We go, God damn, and uh, it's insane. Gilbert. Yeah, how, did, how are you breaking down to 170? But he does. So yeah, yeah he saw yeah, it. There's a, like like I agree with you, John. That if there was to be a fight to make where you felt like there was no risk from the UFC really to lose it, because Dustin's kind of like you said, he's looking for the big name fights. Yeah. And so these in this and knowing that hey, I'll fight him at sixty five, I'll fight him at seventy, I'll fight him at eighty. I don't give a crap. I just want to fight, and I want to fight him. The, when he's he's had the career that he's had. If you look at his resume of the fighters he's fought from one forty five to one fifty five. I don't know if there's a, a another fighter that has a better resume. Oh no! You, you, can you give me somebody else? No, I, we've talked about it before. I take a look at who he's fought, you know, and the list. And you, you can take Justin Gaethje's a guy that I'm going to put right there as far as since he's been in the UFC, but he hasn't been yeah. in the UFC as long. But you know, since Justin has been in the UFC, take a look at the list of fighters oh, that that insane. guy has gone. Just everybody, top notch. I mean, just incredible. But same thing with Dustin. Dustin has just fought a who's who. Eddie Alvarez twice. Justin Gaethje. Max Holloway. Conor McGregor twice. Charles Oliveira. You just take a look at the list. You know, Khabib. It's incredible. You know, I mean, it's just remarkable who the guy has fought. You know, and then, yeah. you know, in taking a look at. Um, this is Gaethje. Gaethje. Yeah, Gaethje is the same thing, man. Gaethje is. I mean, it's a who's who, man, of, of top-notch fighters. And so, you know, there's one thing that we've seen out of Dustin Poirier. He's not a he's not worried about taking on anybody. And I think the move up in weight, you never know. But, you know, in talking to fighters that people see at 170 pounds, that used to pay 155, and I've talked to them and said, man, you should, you should do that. You know, no, they're too big for me. No, they're not. I'm just telling you. This is where you're going to have an advantage. And I think that he could have some advantages at one at one seventy. It's not in not in every you know, you know every bracket. No, he's not going to have the advantage. Is, are there people out there going to be stronger than him? Yes, but not that much. And this is where people start to lose it. 
when you're talking about someone being stronger, when you're talking about them being, oh, they're 2% stronger than you. Now, that's 2%, but it only lasts in the beginning of the fight. It doesn't stay that way throughout the fight. That, that strength level starts to even out as people get tired. Now, if you're the one who's stronger and you're, you're in better shape and you're not getting tired, you're always going to be stronger. But things start to even out in the fight as it goes. Those things happen in the beginning, and they can have an effect, but I don't think that he's going to have a problem at 170. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to have a problem either, but he, when you look at guys like Kamaru Usman, you could look like, like Gilbert Burns is pretty big now for, the like you said, now. At Those are style problems, though. I, That's size, a style I, problem. I feel like size is a little bit of a problem. Kamaru Usman is tall, long, and lanky. He's a he's a now, dude. He is not long I, and lanky. Kamaru is just a stud. <laughs> I understand. I understand that, but he he is tall, long, and lanky. John, what is he like? Six two? No, no. Kamaru, maybe no. I don't know. Maybe he just Kamaru might be six foot. He's five eleven, six foot. Really? That yeah. no way. What's he? No way. Dave, pull it up. What's he at? Up right now. He is uh, I feel like he's six, six foot two. No, yeah, six, six foot. Fun, man. Go, I man. thought he was six two. He just seems long, mm. man. Like everything about him seems long. Maybe it's the way he uses his He's jab. solid, dude. He, that dude, that yeah. dude is a rock. Yeah. Man, he is stud. His eyeballs have muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. You look at him, you go. Oh, Did God put fat anywhere on your body, man? Yeah. No, he's a hard he's, worker. Dude, he is. Hard worker, man. Dedicated his life to this thing, and he's uh, it's shown. He's yep. phenomenal. He's done a great job. Um, I mean, like if I look at the top tier of the the level, look, I think the Leon Edwards fight is a fun fight for Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I think you know the stylistically they match up very well. Leon has gotten a lot better in the wrestling and the grappling department. I mean, and Dustin is no slouch in either one of those areas. Um, you know, his only losses, like those submission losses, you know, have come to Charles and to Khabib. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones from back in the day, but these ones here, the ones that were most recent, I mean, to the top two, top two guys in the world, you know, at that weight class. So that being said, I mean, <clears throat> but you look at these, if I look at that weight class, I only look at really, you know, Leon would probably be the only person that I would see him potentially fighting. I mean, he wouldn't fight Maz with all their teammates, maybe no. Bilal Muhammad. I can see Bilal being a fight for him, but then there's a lot of tenacity in that wrestling and that yeah, strength. Bolton. I mean, I don't know how that strong. I don't. I don't know he, how strong Bilal is, but he's strong. You know, it seems like he he seems in the cage that he's pretty strong. I wouldn't mind watching him and Stephen Thompson. That wouldn't would be a, that wouldn't be a bad fight either. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind watching him and Michael Chiesa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could take that. It'd yeah, be a I good fight. That, I guess, but if you're if I'm looking at fights for for Dustin Poirier that are money fights. None of them there except for Leon. That, I mean, none, none of the other none of the other fights there are money fights just yet. Stephen Thompson and him is not a money fight. Leon Edwards and him is a money fight. But then Leon's probably not going to want to take that until he gets his title shot. He's got a problem, man. That guy's been sitting around <laughs> for three years now waiting for a damn title. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, I started laughing. They're not going to give him a title shot, man. They're it's not. Just, I don't they're know. Not they, him. He'll be done. Man. Yeah. It, yeah, he's done. I mean, what's like, he? Not, is he nine and zero or ten and zero now? As far as uh, last run, I think it might be more than that. I think he's, I think he's ten and zero. Ten. I think you're right, John. His last crazy, loss was man. to uh, Kamara Usman. <clears throat> Kamara Usman. Yeah, but he did have a no contest with Balao. So, so yeah, but that doesn't. That that was the. It was so man. quick too. He's I, nice. And look, he was winning that fight, and nothing. It could have changed, but he was doing well. 
Yeah. Nine wins since the Usman loss. Nine wins yeah. since there. Okay. Well, look, back to the Nate and the Dustin Poirier fight because we got off track a little bit on that. But <laughs> if we're going to talk about the fight to, to make happen, I would agree with you, John, that it would have to be probably that fight. If if you want Dustin's got a good chance of beating him and Nate's got a good chance. It could be a barn burner between the two of them. I still believe that the reason why that they're they're not jumping at the bit at this or chomping at the bit, I should say, is that they don't want – there's a chance that Nate could win this fight, and they don't want that. They want yeah. to leave him on a loss, and they want him to walk out on a loss, which is common. That's Just so you guys understand, that's their business. Uh, their MO for years now because of all the history of other fighters you know, bouncing out and going somewhere else, and do, they don't want that. They want to make sure you leave on a loss so then you're not as marketable. You and know, it also comes – well, it goes with the the Danish stick of you know, hey, I understand you want to go against lesser competition, man. You know, it's, it's tough mm-hmm. to fight here. You know, yeah, you got beat. Yeah. I understand. You know, uh-huh. it all it all plays out, and it's all just you know, it's yeah. it works. Yep, it gets gets people believing and stuff, and you know that if it works, use it. Dana, make this shit happen, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. Let's I really go. Would. I know. I would love to see that. But who else? I guess, like, okay, let me go off on another little t- Who does Nate fight then? That's the whole question. You know, if if you're taking a look and saying, really, who does he, who does he fight in this that you look and go, who do, can they put him against that he'll say, I'll take that fight? Because it's really, you know, he, he doesn't want to fight the up-and-comer. I don't blame him. That's not, that's... You know he's past that now, and he's saying, "I, I you know, he'll say, he'll say, give me Kamara Usman." They're not going to do that. Like they just had him fight their number three guy in Edwards, and then let's be honest, Leon Edwards had a great fight up till a certain point into the fifth round. He was dominating that fight. He was piecing Nate up. He was you know doing well, but that that one shot mm-hmm. and that round made it to where people go, hmm. You know, Nate, mm-hmm. Nate could have gotten him. Nate didn't, you know, Nate hurt him. Nate, Nate had it, all this stuff. And so that, that didn't go that, that way. And that was their number three. So do you give him a Colby Covington? I think they'd be afraid of giving him Colby. I, so. I don't think they would want to do that. So it, to me, Dustin Poirier is almost like, well, he's moving up in weight, even though Nate has been a lightweight for most of his career. But, you know, Dustin's can move up in weight. Yeah, it doesn't look bad because Nate's not going to take on the guys that we want him to take. He's not going to fight Chimaev. You know, I don't think he would take on Sean Brady. I think he, I, I, if I was the UFC, I'd be trying to match him up against Sean Brady. Yeah, so would I, but I don't think he'll take Luque. it. I don't think he'll take either one of them. See, and I yeah. think Vicente, you want to, you want to, you want to just a, a banger's brawl. I think Vicente Luque and him would be just phenomenal. Yeah. It would be a fun fight, but I don't think that he looks at it like Vicente. He he might look at Vicente Luque and say, "I'll take that fight," but he I don't think he would take Sean Sean Brady. Sean Brady just beat Craig Jones. I know. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Well, he shit. Hold on. Did you watch it? Because I watched it. I didn't get to watch. He it. No, shut I just saw the- Craig Jones down. He he yeah. got on top and just you know, Craig Jones all the beautiful sweep work and everything that Craig Jones is so good at and everything. Shut it down. Boy from Philadelphia, look out! Man. The Philly boys are here. He's he's, he's a stud, stud dude. man. We had him on. I was giving him a hard time about his cardio. I'm like, hey, what's going on with your cardio, man? You got face like he was man, pissed about I that. So much. he was mad. He was heated. I said, hey, yeah, but I'm you know, what? calling you out. Think think about it. You know, you're a guy that can actually you can call people out on it because your cardio was always 
unbelievable. You could push a pace. And so if I went and said, dude, Josh, man, your cardio, it sucks, man. You were tired. <laughs> now he has his phone pillow on a skateboard. You'd, you'd just look at me yeah. and go, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yo, but there was, I had to fight like what he had when I fought KJ Noons. For some yeah. reason, I don't know what it was. Yeah. I just couldn't get any. After the first three and a half, four minutes of that first round, I was done. The whole well, fight, I was in survival mode. There is that point of what, you know, people, people, a lot of people don't believe in it. There is overtraining. You can yeah. train yourself so much that, and there is, you know, you're, you're, you're always working to get to that peak and you, you know, you should taper off and a lot of guys don't, and they, I got to keep yeah. going and you can actually push past that peak and you're on the downhill side of it when that fight night happens. And all of a sudden you're gassing when normally you wouldn't be. And so it happens. Yeah. I think a little bit of what that, it might've been something like that for him as well in his last fight. But then I think also too, what he talked about was breaking just, his uh, nose didn't help. Yeah, breaking his nose didn't help. There was that. And then on top of it, he's like, look, there was so much more media and so many pressure. more commitments and so much more pressure yeah. just the week of that I wasn't prepared for. I didn't realize. So, and he's a stud, man. What a great guy. We had him on. If you guys haven't seen that that show, go back through our archives there on our main channel, and it's it's available there for you guys. So, check that out with Sean Brady. Um, all right. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. This next topic, uh, Francis Ngannou comes out and talks about um requirements for signing a new contract <laughs> and he basically saying that boxing has to be a part of his contract for renegotiating with the ufc because uh, you know he want, he's talked about some fights that he would like to have in boxing now i see the problem with francis and the ufc it's this yep. is not going to get better no not with that the, the ufc is like the ufc has got its standard contracts and, and you know it's it is what it is they do not allow you to go and do other combat sports while you are with them now they have with like connor because they could make a ton of money off of that fight without doing anything you know you got to figure that that fight against mayweather that made the ufc's year very nice when you know there there was some other things going on and stuff but they're they're not they're not into get, allowing someone to have the ability to freely go and compete in another combat sport. Now they do allow them to go into grappling tournaments and things like that. But when it becomes professional boxing, that's not something that someone in the UFC under contract can just freely go and do. They would have to get the permission of the UFC. And other than Connor, name me the fighter that's gotten that permission. Yeah, I, not I under think contract. Reason why, I think that's a big reason why Nate's leaving. I yeah. really believe he I wants. He's, he's going to end up. I think he's going to end up fighting Jake Paul. I he think wants that to. It's going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. I think that they're looking for just that one time, big time money fight. Say five to ten million, whatever it is, and you know maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, whatever it is. But it's going to be around that. I think it's probably be around that number, around ten million dollars for him, for Nate. So he said, I'll take the one boxing match and just ride off into the sunset, you know? And, and I think, and I think stylistically, man, that fight and that fight would have to be a 10 or 12 round fight, probably just 10 round fight, you know, for, for him and Jake Paul, I think Nate starts putting it on in that fourth and fifth round starts touching and touching him, but it, it could be a fun fight. Oh yeah. That's a big reason why he started. I think that's a big reason why he's trying to get this fight out of there so he can go off and, and fight that one boxing match. Yep. I agree. What John remember, I said this, what? How many months ago? I yeah, it's been about this. four months now. It's been a while. 
I, I just felt like that's what that's what was going to happen. <clears throat> we'll see if it all comes to fruition, but we'll see. But in terms of Ing- Francis Ngannou, it's I understand why. If you possess that type of power, yeah, I, I would get it. I understand, and knowing that, like, he probably doesn't enjoy wrestling. <laughs> you know, I haven't met a lot of big guys. There's been like DC and Kane. I have a couple other guys that were good wrestlers that we trained with. They they love the wrestling aspect of it all, but they didn't, some of them didn't like getting hit. Now Francis Ngannou doesn't mind getting hit. I don't. He doesn't strike me as the person that loves the wrestling aspect of the whole thing. So he's gotten a lot better at learning the wrestling, and we saw it against Stipe. But I and he's gotten better since his fight with um, Stipe the first time. But I think in these, I think him fighting in a boxing match, the UFC is just not going to have it. They're, He's going to have to fight this fight, get it done. And I think he, but here's the question, John, does he want to go straight to boxing or does he want to keep doing MMA? You know, that's up to him, but he's making a big mistake. You just do not, you cannot walk straight from MMA into boxing and think that you're going to do well. It's a completely different sport. Look, the stance is different. The footwork is different. Everything is different. Everything that you've been training for, you've got to now stop and readjust and change it to what a boxer is going to do because you cannot you can't have the same bladed stance unless you're Stephen Thompson and he's doing it differently you know in an MMA cage than you know a boxing ring and stuff so it's just it doesn't play out there's aspects of it that yes it's the same but not enough you know and and, and this is the, the other thing is you know you just brought up with Francis you know you know, does he really like the wrestling part? I don't know, but he's been practicing it a lot. And all of that time that he's practicing that, guess what he's not practicing? Mm-hmm. Boxing. Yeah. A boxer doesn't do that. And to think that you, because you can knock people out, which Francis can, he's got that power. You've got to be able to touch him. And it's different in a boxing ring than it is in MMA. The openings are different. Everything's going to be different. And so, you know, could Francis Ngannou go in against other, you know, beginner boxers, low, lower caliber boxers and do well? Absolutely, man. You know, he's a stud athlete. He's big. He's strong. He's got incredible power. Is he going to walk right into a big boxing match and do well? No, he is not. Every boxer out there in the heavyweight division can hit. Now, some hit harder than others, but they can all hit and they all have power. And all it takes is one shot. You got to be able to plant that shot on your opponent, and just not a good move in my estimation. I I would understand why the UFC doesn't want to allow Ningano to have that in his contract. I don't think they will allow it. Okay, I guess the next question is, does he leave? And and I'm only throwing this out there because we know that Showtime does both. So you have Bellator and you have boxing. Does he leave and go to Bellator so he can fight MMA and still fight for Showtime boxing? Well, Bellator, you know, and, and everyone's going to say, oh, you're just Bellator. It has nothing to do with anything about who I work for, anything like that. All I'm saying is Scott Coker has signed many people and allowed them to have in their contracts. They can fight in MMA and boxing, or they can do professional wrestling, or they can do other things that they want to do, kickboxing and stuff. Bellator actually had a kickboxing and stuff, and that's, you know, how they got certain fighters. It, it's there for him, yeah, in that aspect. He would be able to maintain his MMA and do the boxing. But how, you know, again, 
you just to sit there and think that you can be a master of two worlds, you're making a mistake. You're not going to master the two worlds. There's too much difference in the way the, the fighting styles and what you need to do take place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I agree. I agree with you that it's hard to do both. There's just, there's, it's just not like here, let me give you guys an example. When I broke my ankle and I had a plate put in and I could only box, I could only, I wasn't, I couldn't kick. I couldn't do it. Like there was, it was actually kind of painful to even knee because when I planted on it and brought it up and down, depending on what it was, but there's no way I could kick. There's just no way. So I spent a lot of time just boxing. And once, once I was able to start kicking, I started getting back into more MMA and wrestling it was a completely different world. I was getting taken down easily. Like and I was like, man, I have good, I had decent wrestling. It just, it just was a different style. The speed of how I was throwing my combinations, the way I was able to box, it just, it went away. The MMA portion of me went away because I spent so much time hitting the bags, hitting the mitts, hitting the movement, the footwork. Everything was just different. The stance was wider. The stance, the, the parrying off and then stepping underneath and circling out, all those things was just different. Yep. And so I agree with you. It's it's hard. If you want to be really good, there's not very few athletes in the world, in the world ever. You have Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. Yep. You know, like those are like you're talking just that level of athlete that's able to do to, to do two sports at the highest level. And I'm not saying Francis can't. I just I agree with you 100 percent that it's going to be very difficult to be one of those athletes. And so it's hard. It's really hard for him. But. Bellator can do MMA and do Showtime boxing. Now, there's also what the triad that I mean, he can do the MMA boxing or that dirty boxing, whatever it is that they do with the small MMA gloves. Mm -hmm. That style, he can do that as well as you know. I mean, I'm sure that they would probably line up an MMA fight if they wanted to in a in a, in a triad. They would do whatever the hell that he wanted to do. I think if he was to leave and go to them. Now, the last thing is, would they be able to continue to afford him? That's the other thing. You know, that like is the how, question. Long would, how long will that promotion be around? Yeah. Triller, I don't think is going to be around much longer. I give them maybe another one, maybe two shows. The way they they just, money. Uh, I I just saw something. I think they just merged with another company. Oh, okay, and all right. I'm trying to think of the name of who they merged with, and I can't. But Triller I think they public. They, um, what's that? Via Triller to go public in the U.S. Yeah. via merger with Sea Change. There you go. Say that again. Say that merger. 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 Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So going public, Belford, that's not always the best thing. Yeah, before Vitor Belford versus Chad Dawson yeah. in the yeah, in yeah. the triad combat. Yeah, two. that's a that's a bad move for Vitor. Just telling you right now. Yeah, yeah. Chad's pretty tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> pretty tough. Pretty damn tough. Ah, uh, I mean, Vitor is going to be good. I think for a good two rounds. Yeah, he'll be alright for a couple rounds. Maybe three. Might we get three of them? What is it? Six rounds, probably. No, got to be at least eight. No, eight. Man. Wow. Well, anyways, I mean, it's going to be okay. They're only two minute rounds. Not there. No. Oh, did they? Well, they they might have switched them up. They might have because it wasn't before, but now, yeah. Got it. It, it might be with their their new rules. I'd have no, to maybe I'm thinking bare knuckle boxing. Bare knuckle boxing is two bare knuckle rounds. boxing is two. There two you rounds. go. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. All, All right. right. Well. All right, what else is next? Let's hit this next topic. Um, and so it's, um, we're moving to Bellator now. And Scott Coker did an interview with MMA Junkie. Um, and, you know, along the way, he was asked a bunch of stuff. Um, highlights were uh, updates on Dylan Dennis and Anthony Johnson. So, obviously, 
<clears throat> Dylan Dennis just been a big name outside of the sport, but but also a fighter for Bellator as well. And then uh, Anthony Rumble, who recently had some issues. Um, so on Dylan Dennis, he basically said, "We're ready if we're ready for him when he's ready to fight." Um, he was kind of plagued with injuries last year um, in 2021, but hopefully 2022 we can we can get something going from. Uh, and then for Rumble, um, basically wishing him well, saying we're not going to rush him. It could be two years, it could be six months. We're going to wait for Rumble to be healthy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I talked to him to AJ to Rumble probably two weeks ago, three like right before Christmas. I talked to him, and um, he said he's feeling a lot better. Not quite ready to even like get into training and stuff yeah. yet. He's just, but he's he's feeling a lot better though. He doesn't feel like he feel like it. He feels like it, the pro, the progress is definitely looking a lot better in terms of that whether he can make it back or not. He's not. He can't make the decision yet. Doesn't matter. He just wants to make sure that he is healthy and able that's to it. to live a normal life, and that's kind of where he's at right now. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I, I look. He's a stud. And if he's going to make it back, and if anyone's going to make it back, I know he can do it if he wants to. Yeah. So it's just a matter of making sure that he stays healthy. And if, once he gets healthy, I think you're going to see him get back to normal. But he's lost, he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, but that's, you know, it, 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 my, my whole thing is this. First off, fighting is important. It's not yeah. that important. His his health is important. And Rumble, you know, from the bottom of my heart, man, just take care of yourself. If, if you fight again, awesome. If you don't, doesn't matter, dude. Be healthy, live a long life, enjoy life. You deserve it. So, whatever yeah. you need to do, however long it takes, that's the one thing I I, I did listen to the interview with uh, Coker, and you know he says you know it doesn't matter how long it takes, we're, we're here, and that's you can't ask for anything more. That's exactly what Rumble needs to know. And if he's able to make it back and wants to come back, he's got a home. If he doesn't, doesn't have to. No big deal. Yeah, he, still, he still has a home regardless. I think that they're always going to try to make sure that he makes it work, whether, you know, whether he wants to just come to shows and be part oh, yeah. of it and be present. I mean, they would love to have him. You know, he's a he's a stud. He's a great guy, too. He's a great person. Yep. So uh, it's in terms of Dylan Dennis. There you go. Let's hear your uh, I want to hear your take. John, I give two shits. <laughs> That's my take on the whole situation. Hey. If. If I don't see you, you don't exist. Like that's how the fight game goes. If you are, if you haven't fought recently, like what have you done for me lately? That's the that, way this thing goes. Exactly. It doesn't matter if it's Dylan Dennis. It's, it doesn't matter. It's anybody. Look at the way. Look at the way people are treating John Jones right now, who has done so well, so well. Could, you arguably could be considered to be the best fighter of all time. Yep. That guy. People are like, yeah, whatever. On to the next one. They don't even care anymore. Well, they'll forget about but, you. They'll, they'll yeah, push yeah. you to the side. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, it's done. You're you're the greatest thing at the moment. But if you haven't done anything for me lately, I'll see you later. It's done. Well, I mean, and that's uh, kind of the situation that John Jones is in. But that that's exactly how I think almost everyone feels about Dylan Dennis. Well, the, it, it, the best part is you know if you if you honestly take a look, who has Dylan Dennis fought? No one would be able to pull up the names. You know, I, I just saw that you know, uh, podcast Dave just pulled him up here. So Kyle Walker was his first. And then Max Humphreys, but you take a look, he's got two fights in basically four years of time. Mm-hmm. That is not someone that's trying to be a professional fighter. No. Okay. That's not the way it's done. You know, he's he's good at uh eliciting a lot of response and attitudes from different people on different things based upon his comments. And if that's the way he wants to go about doing everything, that's okay. But 
he doesn't he really I, I i heard he had the knee injury you know and if uh he's had some problems with it and if that's what's you know held him out fine you know but this probably is not you know he, this is not he's not that guy that you're looking at this guy can be a champion in the sport that ain't happening no no that's not happening at all You've got to be active. If you want to make a run, you've got to be active. He's not yep. active enough. Um, and not to mention his stand-up is fucking atrocious. <laughs> it's absolutely atrocious. <laughs> you know? And so when you're having this, we're having these conversations. Come on. About, it's a little better than that. No. no Come on. Not, John. <laughs> no, John. No. It's no, not, John. no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. You know what? And this is one of those. Yep. Got to agree with you. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, look. He's a great he, grappler. He is. He's a, yeah. he's a very good grappler and yeah. I'll give him very that. Good. And yeah, look, and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of balls to get in the cage period. Yes. And he's done it twice now and he's got two wins and they're both finishes. I'm yep. not knocking that situation, but to, to, to see what he writes on social media and the way he's kind of always aggressively attacking, whether it's Jake Paul, whether it's Ben Askren, whether it's whoever else. Yeah. It just, I think for a lot of the fighters that have done it for such a long period of time, they just kind of like tune it out. I mean, I, I, I literally, like, I know he's with Bellator and he's signed with them, but it is what it is. I just, I just tune it out. I'm not, look, if he does fight, I look forward to seeing him fight again. I don't have anything against him, you know, but I want, I care about the fighters that are, that are in the gym every single day that are dedicating their, their life to trying to be the best. And I want to do as much as I can to help promote those fighters to get to their level that they want to try to, to, to the, the name recognition, uh, the exposure they deserve, you know, for putting in all that work, that hard work. That's what I want. Yeah. I'm not looking for the social media guy. That's, that's just not what I'm looking for. And if that's, if that bothers people, well, well but that's not me. And I don't, I know that's not you. So nope. <laughs> I know, but um, look, and like you said, he's talented. He's very, we're not denying the fact that he's talented on the ground. Yeah. Uh, but it, like I said, his his standup is atrocious. But I want to see him be active. I think with Coker the same way. I think he wants to see. He would love to have him be active. But you, you got to go out there and you've you've got to put your name out there. You put your name in the hat to be drawn to say, hey, let's see you start fighting some of these other guys now. I mean, but if you what is he fighting at seventy? Yeah. No, he was fighting at one seventy five, man. They, they were oh, they were giving him a contracted weight fight. So. Yeah. He wasn't even up at the level where he either had to come down more and go up to 170 or he had to go up to 185. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just, but at 170, I mean, if I look at our roster at 170. <laughs> kind of get right now. There we go. I mean, uh, it, look, you've got, if you do Logan Storley, he ain't taking Logan down. You know, um, Lima, I mean, I don't think he's taking Lo Lima down either. Page, I think, just his speed just touches him. Yaroslav Amosov will take him anywhere. He will just <laughs> he, he will he will out grapple him. He will out wrestle him. He will he will knock him out. There on is feet. not one person in that top ten that he can touch. Just let's be honest. Is he going to beat Kyle Crutchmer? He would never get Kyle Crutchmer to the ground ever. No. And Kyle Crutchmer. As limited as he is, you know, he's he's gotten better with his stand up. His stand up is light years ahead of yeah. Dylan Dennis's right now. Joey Davis. He ain't sniffing a takedown on that dude. <laughs> Hello. Andre <laughs> Koroshkov will light him up like a fucking Roman candle. Okay. And wrestling wise, he will never get Andre Koroshkov to the ground. Yeah. Paul Daly, 
He's not going to get Paul Daly to the ground. Paul's been the guy that everyone has to work to get to the ground. Paul will punch a hole in his head. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, you know, Anderson, no, he's not. Logan Storley, are you kidding me? Neiman, Neiman Gracie, no. Jason Jackson, no. Douglas Lima, Paige, I'm, come on. It's not even I'd close. like to see the Neiman Gracie fight, though. No. It would make for a fun fight. I'd like Gracie to see it. would not, e- Neiman would not even touch the ground. That's a guy that has actually worked on his stand-up. His stand-up actually looks good now. Take a look at what he's doing in his stand-up and the combinations he's throwing and the different angles and the uppercuts and things that that guy is now throwing. His stand-up is dangerous. A smart fighter takes the fight where his opponent is weak. What do you think, man? They just announced, Bellator just announced naming Gracie and Logan Storley as the main event. Oh, that's a good one. That's going to be a fun fight. That's a good one. That's a good match. Logan's going to be able to take him down, but I don't know if he'll be able to control the submission aspect of it. And on the feet, I give the Neyman Gracie the advantage on the feet. It's a dangerous fight for Logan Storley. I mean, Logan had a hard time with that kid. Uh, yes, he did. Something, was it Arce? Ar- Ar- not Arce. I can't remember. Who was, Logan, who was Logan Storley's last fight? God, what was his name? I, I am Nick? blank. It no, it starts yeah, with a D. Dante Shiro? Dante Shiro. Shiro, yeah. I don't know where the hell I was thinking. Arce. Shiro. It was a different last name. I remember that. That was a, that was a tough fight for Logan. Yeah, it was. Because he was so active. Dante Shiro was so active on the ground. Dante did not stop in his... He gave him problems off of his yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think the guy named uh, Gracie might give him some problems off of his back? Some fits, yeah. It's going to okay. give him some fits. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Who knows? Good Logan one. may try to stand. He might. Yeah. Be interesting. And happy New Year to everyone that is listening to the Wayne In podcast. We want to thank you all who supported us for the 2021 year, including MyBookie.ag. Also, when you guys go to MyBookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne In. They're gonna give you some extra spending cash with that QR code right there. Big John and I have been supported by them for the whole 2020 year, 2021 year. As well as 2020, they came in and started supporting us then as well. We want to thank them so much for standing by us and sticking through us through that whole 2021 year as well. Here we are going into 2022. There's a lot of big fights coming up, a lot of big events that will be taking place. You've got also the Super Bowl that's coming around. You've got the NBA Finals and the playoffs. You've got a lot of things that you can bet on throughout at mybookie.ag. If you guys use that promo code and that QR code right there, they're going to give you a little extra spending cash on us because we love the fact that you guys continue to support us. John and I use them. We also like to give our breakdowns for all the fights using mybookie.ag. If you guys use that promo code, like I said, they're going to give you some extra spending cash for your first initial deposit. And look, we are very thankful to them because they've actually helped bring us to the next level in the gambling sites as well as on all of our stuff. It's made John and I really focus on making sure we're encouraging our listeners to make sure that they're making proper bets and bringing the knowledge to you guys so you guys can understand that there's in-between round betting, that there's betting on each fight. There's also submissions. There's also knockouts. There's also different rounds that you can win on. There's ways for us to go ahead and break down the fight so you can always try to make sure you turn a dollar into $100, $100 into $1,000, whatever it is. That's what we try to do. And we do that through mybookie.ag and use that promo code WAYNEIN. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting us and let's take it on in 2022. Let's let's look at this next one. Uh, Charles Oliveira comes out, and it's kind of continuing this idea that McGregor might get the next fight. He asked his fans Can't. Uh, to take this poll on who would they like to see him fight 
next, and he has a picture of him and Justin and a picture of him and McGregor. And I don't know, but I'll tell you what. Conor McGregor is going, you know, I like that Charles Oliveira guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's, John, you know what's funny, though, right? Is that all in the meantime, this thing's fucking pissing Justin Gaethje off. You think? Because he's probably in the back going, this motherfucker's going to try to jump me. He's trying he's to duck try me. He's going to sidestep. He's going no, to duck he, me. He's, he's trying to say that Charles is trying to duck him. Yeah. He's just thinking like, man, because now you've got him. And then who else? Who else would be next? It'd be Islam would probably is the winner of Islam and Dariush would be the one next yeah. after that. If Connor jumps the line, you're talking. It won't be till 2023. No, there will two. be riots in uh, Colorado. One man riots. <laughs> Justin Gaethje just yeah. absolutely exploding. I uh, look. <laughs> it's the best. I, I was leaning. I kind of like. I like the fact that Charles is putting it out there, saying, "Hey, what do you guys oh, think? Who should I fight? Which guy?" He's being I, a jerk. Nah, <laughs> he's yeah, being but he's jerk. having fun with it. He's having fun with it, which he deserves. He deserves that fun. Absolutely. With it. I up until they announced the Islam Dariush fight, I thought it was a toss up between Gaethje and Islam getting the title shot. I, I, I thought it was a so. toss. You you disagreed? Okay. Well, I. Almost, I, I, I my my one way was I thought if the Gaethje versus Chandler fight was blah. Yeah, we did talk about that. Islam could jump that that hurdle, yeah. but as soon as it was the fight that it was, that did was you did just, you really think it was going to be blah? Though? No, did I you, didn't like, think did that. Really I was think? just saying that if that's the one way that I could see them jumping over Justin with Islam, but other than that. I thought that that was going to be his first fight in the UFC was going to be Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Because I was like, that's the fight that everybody was. I'm like, that's the fight I, I, you should make. There's just no other fight to make. I thought it should have been that fight. Yeah. You know, I thought maybe the Dustin Poirier fight, but I thought for sure Justin Gaethje, for sure that fight. But, um, you know, when they gave him a hooker, I was like, okay, good, you know, good hooker's tough. He's a dog. You know, and then the Oliveira fight was next, but then the Gaethje fight. Finally, I'm glad. I'm glad we finally got it though, because I feel like I jipped my fans as well as myself and throughout my career. I didn't get to fight Cowboy Cerrone. He was like the one guy that yeah. everyone talked about talked to me about fighting when I was with Strikeforce. Oh, you should go to the UFC and fight Cowboy Cerrone or you and Anthony Pettis. And I was like, those are the two guys I never really got to fight. And it just felt like ah, oh, so jipped. hell. At the time that you were in the Strikeforce, Cowboy was in the WEC. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, I wanted that fight. And in all due respect, I just thought he was a fucking phenomenal fighter. He's a dog. He was, man. There's he's no a dog. dog. He was so fun. And I just loved his personality. You know, I had ran into him a bunch of times at the WC, and he was just he was such a fucking cool guy. Just nice to be around. Just, you know, that relaxed, easy, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. You know? Yeah, you know. Um. Oh, But I think it's hilarious that he's doing this to, to, to Justin Gaethje. But I just, I don't see, I don't see that any way the UFC can do this. Without fans going, you guys fucking suck. I mean, they're going to keep watching, though. Fans are going to keep watching. They're going to be like, hey, you know, we got to. They're going to tune in. Yeah, no. Nah, I'm telling you, I, I think they're going to get, they would get backlash on this one. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of people that would like to see Connor fight Charles. Yeah. But they're going to get a lot of backlash, too. And they're going to get a lot. For the, the UFC has got a very nice position with the media. The media doesn't screw with them. They, 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 take all of their stories and they put them out there and they don't question a whole lot because the UFC doesn't give them a ton to question mm -hmm. this one. Yeah. You're, you're putting yourself in the, in the piss pot. You're putting yourself in a position for people to start, you know, 
what in the fuck? How does a guy, and, and this is not taking nothing away from Connor, but he's got two losses in his last two fights. He's only got one win in his last, what, five fights? And you're going to put him in a championship fight. No, what you're telling me is you don't care about the fans and the sport. You care about making money. Yeah, because you think that, it's going to make you more money, and and it just won't. I just don't think that you. I, it won't sit well for the UFC, and I think they're too smart of a promotion to do that. They will get Conor a win, and off of one win, they'll put him in a championship fight. But they got to get him the win. Yeah, they got to get him a win. I just don't. I don't know who he's going to beat. John and the way he looks so fucking huge right now, he's going to fight at one seventy. Fucking Jack! I don't know who the hell he's going to beat. Yeah. You know, I mean, like even the fight with Nate Diaz would be a very dangerous fight for him. Yeah, he he, do, he does. He looks like he's very indecisive right now and everything. Whether he's a kicker, whether he's a boxer, we know he's not a wrestler and a grappler. But I mean, like when his Khabib fight, he had good takedown defense, but decent. It wasn't great. He still got smashed, but it was like he had some moments there where he was able to stuff a couple takedowns. You know, and he was able to avoid being taken down. So he went through a phase, but then now it's like he's beefed up. I mean, his McGregor fast thing or whatever it's called, he's putting the size on, but it's not helping him, I think, in his training aspect of it all. I think it's also probably harder for him to get the type of training that he was getting when he was with John Cavanaugh in, in Dublin. I think he's he's on the road traveling, doing whatever it is he's doing, but he's not the same fighter anymore, and I don't think he's going to ever get back to that. So I, w- I would like to see him get that Nate fight, but that Nate fight, I don't know if they want to give him Connor on Nate's last fight unless Nate resigns. So, yeah, yeah that's I don't think we're going to see that third fight. Yeah, I, uh, they would. I, I just don't believe they would give Nate that fight without him being on their roster for future yeah. fights. Yep. Next, Dave. All right, let's talk about this last one uh, for the show. Uh, Mark Hunt. So there was this whole thing. Mark Hunt um, basically had these all these attorney fees that equated to almost $400,000. He then comes out and basically challenges Dana and the Fertitas <laughs> to a fight and says, if you if you guys win, I'll drop the lawsuit. If if I win, you got to pay every fight you've ripped off since the UFC started. Um, is, is the challenge you put out. Just to throw in a little curveball, um, there is also this ongoing uh, drama with Jake Paul and Dana White where um, Dana responded to him over the holidays basically saying, you haven't you haven't accepted my challenge yet for the steroid testing. And the well, enlighten testing. us, Dave. Tell us what the challenge was. <laughs> Which challenge? <laughs> I don't, uh, whichever challenge you're talking about, Dave. The Mark Hunt one I just told you. I just, I just No, no, this you. one, the Jake Paul one. Okay, what so challenge, challenge, Dana the re- challenge the challenge was that Dana would be tested for 10 years for cocaine use whenever someone wanted to come and knock on his door to test him. And Jake Paul had to be tested for two years for steroids. Hmm. That was Dana's thing. Then Jake Paul came back, which is very interesting. And this is not good for Dana. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, see you. You look at it as it's not good for Dana. But I don't. I, I don't think video. it is. I, okay, hold on. And this is why I want you to think about this. We're not talking about Mark Hunt right now. So, <laughs> yeah. The reason I say it's not good for Dana is this: Dana is good with the media, and he has people that work his social media, but he's out of his realm when it comes to the level of Jake and Logan Paul, when it comes to social media, Mm -hmm. those guys are masters with social media. Mm 
Dana's not a master with social media. Dana has people working for him that, that do his social media and stuff, and he puts things out there. But he's not in a position to go toe-to-toe with these two. You know, when it, This is their world. And you know, when I say it all the time, don't fight another man's fight. This is Jake Paul's fight. This is not a place for Dana to think he's going to get a win because you can take a look. Dana came out with a video saying, look, you know what? You said that I, you know, I use cocaine. I don't use cocaine. You can test me for that. And he goes through the whole thing and he says, he talks about Jake Paul's uh, manager and that he's a scumbag and all those things. And it was a you know, nice little thing that he put out. And then Jake Paul responded and you just got to look at both of them and you go, yep. Jake Paul won that one 10, eight. <laughs> it's just, and it's just going to, it's going to uh, continue. And it's not, this is not, I'm not on, on Jake Paul's team on this. I'm just telling you, I just don't think this is going to go well in this realm. Now that I think Jake is, he's using Dana. He's smart with what he's doing. And he's, he now has a target on him. He's going, you know, and, and you think even at the end of it, he said something to the effect of, oh, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here, motherfucker. You know, I'm going to yeah. be here. But so I, I guess I look at it from more of a a business point of view mm-hmm. where Dana is 100 percent correct. Like, if you think you can do it better, Jake, go start your own promotion. And and what he said was is absolutely what Dana said is absolutely true. Jake Paul, you didn't sell any pay-per-views. Like Mazadol, Nate, Nick, uh, you know, whoever else he has on his raw, like, is he all? They all sell more pay per views than him. Well, hold on, okay. Uh, that was that was the conversation. How in the, the world point. have you made it to where I am now backing Jake Paul? But I'm serious. For some reason, I'm backing Dana, and everyone knows that Dana and I don't. I get know along, this, this so is great. This, like, is, this is great. But it's a matter of. Yes, his last fight with Woodley, which was a put-together fight in a week, mm-hmm. didn't do real well. But his other ones have done fairly well. Yeah. Now, they, they haven't done some of the numbers that they've said, but still, they've done fairly well. Yeah. And so, he has sold pay-per-views. And there's times, you know, you, you can sit there and say anything about any fighter. There's ups and downs. The only guy that consistently puts big numbers out there, it's Connor. Connor puts big numbers on the pay-per-view. That hasn't changed, but everyone goes up and down on specific fights. Now, not, I agree that Jake on his last fight with Woodley, it was bad. As far as the numbers that were reported and stuff, it's, you know, somewhere in the hundred thousand at the most. Really? I heard it was less. It was like, well, they were saying 65, but I've heard it's more like in the low hundred thousand, but whatever it is, it is. It's still not what, you know, they expected and. Yeah, but he, you got to look at it though too, John. I, I, I'm going to take your side on that portion of it. Is that the fans had already seen that fight? Yeah, and the first and the first fight it's wasn't it. that great. No, I mean they missed out on the knockout on the second one, but it, well, the it was. first fight. It wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't a great fight. It was no. a lackluster fight on both far, on both parties. Yeah, you know. Um. So, but my my point though is the reason why when I'm talking about Dana, I'm saying he made a very valid point, Jake. You goofball. Like if you if if you think you could do it better, take the my old CFO or whoever that the guy with the nose ring or whatever it is, the big cock ring on his face, take that guy, 
Kevin okay. knows ring. Start, I think, I think whatever. He's, just, he's got a mole or a something. Oh, he has, oh, is it a mole? Okay, I thought it was a big ring. What can he do about face. a mole? Anyways, get it removed. Gosh, Why? Man, fuck. Apparently, you, you guys are worth millions. Haven't it you doesn't ever, cost that much to get that shit removed. Haven't you ever seen Austin Powers? Yeah, mole, 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 mole. Yes, I have seen that movie. <laughs> um, but just go and get it removed. Why? Because you, know, like, uh, well, you don't you know, like it. I mean, I never seen the guy until this this video. We saw the video. <laughs> I never even heard of the guy or seen the guy. But look, regardless, though, if they think they can do it better, go and start your own promotion. If why, why are you trying to come to the UFC if we if we suck so bad? If Dana White has a point, why are you trying to say I'll fight George Masvidal in the UFC and MMA? Why do you want to come here? If if, if I'm if I'm doing something that's so bad and so atrocious, and I'm a horrible capitalist, you know, dictator or whatever the hell you want to call me, like that's then why do you want to come here and fight my guys? Oh, because they're stars. That's why. Because you know as well as I know, the UFC does one thing really fucking well. They promote the shit out of their fighters. Yes, they do. Their fighters are fucking, they put, when they back Marketing people, wise, they back, it's done very well. Wise, they do a phenomenal job of that. Okay. And and I like I said, I can't believe I'm on the Dana White side of this whole <laughs> thing right now. You know, but it really comes down to, if you don't like it, go and do his, Coker says the same shit. If you go, look, we're going to do our thing on our side over here in Bellator. UFC is going to do their thing on their side. Over there. Ryzen's going to do theirs. PFL is going to do theirs. Everyone just do their own shit, okay? And sure, we'd love to see some intermix in the fights. But Jake Paul, if you think you can do better, go start your own promotion with the bull, the moly moly guy, okay? And you guys can go and start your own shit. And when you guys start your own shit, let me know how it all works out when you're dealing with all these fighters. And that's the years we talked about earlier in the show. Years of the experience of Dana, Lorenzo, Frank, and whoever else has had to deal with fighters. They have learned what they can handle, what they can't to financially make money. That's why they're in the position that they're in right now. Okay, but don't you think, I, again, this is crazy that you're taking Dana's side and I'm taking <laughs> Jake Paul's side. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be devil's advocate, really. But don't you think that kind of the fighters need Jake Paul doing what he's doing? It doesn't hurt the fighters because it's all about, he's saying, hey, Pay them more money. They should make more than the $12,000 if they're fighting in what is the biggest promotion. They should make more money. Okay, I kind of agree with them. You know, if they've reached that level, yeah. John, look, do I agree that they deserve more money? Yes. Do I also, though, when I say, look, there's a lot of these young fighters that are on this card making twelve and potentially another 12000 So if they win, they make 24000 My math skills are getting better. No drinking. That's very Um, good. So what happens, though, is there's also 14, 15 fights on a card. That's how many people that they're employing. That's how many fighters that are actually able to fight and actually pay their rent or their mortgage or whatever in wherever state they fucking live or whatever country they live in. That to me is more important than saying, yeah, I want the 50 grand. Okay. Now they don't, now if they were to shrink it down to say like boxing where you only have four or five fights on a card and there's those fighters are only making 80 grand or a hundred grand, 120 grand on the undercard of the undercard. Okay. And there's only four or five fights. That's less people that are actually financially living their dream. I care more about the fighters that are financially being able to live their dream potential and have the potential to get to that, that top tier. So you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me that if the UFC was paying $50,000, so 25 and 25, we'll say, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So $50,000 to the winning fighter of each fight mm-hmm. that they're going to now have four fights. No, but they'd probably shrink it down. They'd probably shrink it down to eight. Oh, they'd only no. be like a. They'd probably only be a prelim. No, I think that they would. I think that they would because a lot but of hold, the cars they're doing right on. now, they're not even have fans Don't, at. Some of those people that you know in that six hundred and fifty fighter range that they have for their roster. So if if it shrunk to five hundred, if you're fighting in the UFC, shouldn't it be that you're making bigger money? John, it would shrink below five hundred. It'd be, so what? It'd be probably it'd probably be closer to around three hundred. <laughs> it's not going to be closer to three. I think it would be. No way. I, the only reason why it wouldn't be. The only reason why it wouldn't. Josh, be, here's the thing. Think about John, this. They, they think wouldn't about even this. have to have them You're under not contract about though. This. <laughs> no, I am. Do you want to know why? Because look, they wouldn't have to have those fighters under contract because every fighter would just they'd say, "Hey, you know what? This is your one chance. You have six weeks to get ready to fight. We're not going to put you under contract. We're just going to fight you." They would say, fine, we'll pay you the 50 grand. If you look good, maybe we'll think about signing you. They'd have less fighters under contract because they don't want to get stuck holding the bill on them if they didn't fight them in the amount of time they were supposed to. Okay. They wouldn't have them. They would just start bringing people in freelance for one-offs to make 50 grand, and that would be it. That be It would be 25 and 25 probably, not even 50. If he's saying 50 That's what grand I said, 25 feet, and 25. They would still they would they would cut their roster down to probably three, Here. maybe a little look, bit more. Look at, let's just be honest. If they paid them that... Is it going to really affect their bottom line that much? No. I'm not saying, I'm not, no, I agree with you. It's not. But what I'm saying, though, is that they're not going to do it. That's not I how they've been doing they're going to do it. John. I can guarantee they're not going to do it. Yeah, th- that's that's my point. Look, it doesn't matter. You're saying that what Jake Paul brings to the table and the way he talks about it is helping the fighters. Th- sure, it's giving them a voice because the, the UFC fighters. They don't, they don't have they a don't, voice themselves. They, they won't say anything. Exactly. You know, it's smart for them not to say anything. It's good for them just to be company men and women, okay, and just keep their mouth shut and keep fighting and do the best they can. That's what their job is to do anyways. Their job is not to get into this political warfare back this and forth true. between Jake and, and Dana because it doesn't help them at all. In terms of what Jake is doing, it doesn't do shit. Dana's worth 400 probably maybe even $500 million. You think he gives two shits with some YouTube guy? Who I think, I think Dana's worth, worth more than that now. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think it's probably like, what, seven? Somewhere around there, six or seven? He's closing in that, on that capital B. Wow. Wow. So, like, do you really think he cares? Like, I think he loves responding to him because it does just bring more media and attention to him. I agree with you in one aspect, and this is the only aspect. Do not get into a Twitter, a Twitter beef or a, yeah. a social media war with a troll. And that's really go. what Jake Paul is. Yeah. Jake Paul is the YouTube troll. He'll he's admit like it, a, though. He's like the, he's like the, he's what, what, what? podcast dave wish he could be okay just like that that <laughs> troll on twitter just wants to keep irritating people he's what podcast dave wishes he could be um that's really what it comes down to he, uh, if you're dana white just ignore it uh, this is the one thing that i think when i look at how like guys like joe rogan when people talk shit or say whatever he never responds no doesn't never doesn't even talk about it on his show doesn't even say like oh, that one person doesn't do that at all just goes on about it. Like, I think Ariel had said some stuff about him and somebody else and some other media guys had said stuff about him. I think some guys from Bloody Elbow did. And he just was like, it never even, never even came up. Like, he just didn't talk about it in any interviews, didn't talk about it on his TV show, on his, on his TV show, but on his podcast, never brings it up. Yeah, One Josh, thing I admire Josh about him. No, no, Dan, see, this is the thing. Podcast Dave talking when he's not supposed to be. See, like, that's the thing. <laughs> so then, him, like, that's the one that he does very, that's something he does very well. And it's something I admire about him. It's very, very. Good. Fun. You should learn from him because you yes, I can listen to everyone. I do. 
<laughs> I do. I'm ruthless when it comes to that. Um, but I think overall, though, like when he when when Jake Paul comes out and says, you know, I want all I want to be able to test all of your fighters in MMA yeah. in your in the USC promotion. I'm like, I thought I thought they were already getting tested. They are. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. It's like, like I don't think he, does he understand what he's saying? He's just he's like you said, he's a troll. He's a, yes. doing a good job at trolling at him. He's gonna keep this action alive, you know. He's gonna keep trying to get under his skin. But I go back to why do you want to go to the UFC if he, Dana White's doing such a shitty? He doesn't want to go to the UFC. He doesn't want to go to the UFC at all. No, he's just putting out. He's putting out these horrible like, um, what are they called? He's putting out Ultimatum. these horrible demands. Yeah, demands. Yeah. These demands out there because he thinks that he's proven a point. But in reality, like Dana's like, yeah, whatever, man. All right, let's get back Cop. to Mark Hunt. Okay. Because Mark Hunt, this is what people, they need to understand. The UFC has had this before. They, they did it with Ken, Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock mm-hmm. had sued them. And if, if you go through the fighter's contract, I don't even know if you knew that this was in your contract. But if you uh, bring in any type of legal action against the UFC and you lose or you are in a uh, in the midst of it taking a long time, they can actually come back and, and ask for the courts to have you reimburse them for their lawyer fees. Now, they have a lot of lawyers that are on staff and everything already. It's not like they're, you know. They're paying them as a salary anyways, but they can come back and ask. That's what they did. They went to the Nevada court because if you are a fighter with the UFC, you have to file your case in the state of Nevada. That's also in your contract. And so, well, that's smart by them. So, yeah, uh, they're never going to lose. In exactly. So they're never going to lose it there. So what the court did is the court is looking and set and tells Mark Hunt, Look, we're not saying that your your case is not viable. We're not saying that, you know, in the end you might not win. But at this point, you've drugged this on through this point that we're going to say that, you know, you have to pay the fees for their legal team and everything. Now, again, the UFC has won this type of thing. They won it with Ken Shamrock. They never made Ken pay or, you know, I've heard Dana, you know, tell Ken, you, know, you owe me money, meaning hundred and seventy yeah. some thousand dollars in legal fees from Ken suing them, but I don't ever see Mark Hunt paying this. He's not going to ever pay that four hundred thousand dollar legal fees, and it doesn't mean that you know their lawsuit's over. What Mark is just coming out saying is, I'll tell you what, you come and fight me, and if you win, I'll drop my lawsuit. I, I just want to know is is he saying? You guys fight me one at a time or all three of you at the same time? Because if it's all three at the same time, I want to watch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because a little coordination, a little team, you know, team play can go a long ways in this. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's what Mark Hunt is saying is that, you know, you fight me and I'll drop the lawsuit if, if you win. And it's like, well, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to be doing that. I'd go after Lorenzo first because he's the fucking bull in that whole thing. Oh, well, <laughs> right after him, yep. and then the other two afterwards. Ah, yep. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, I can't say much to it. Well, I mean, if he if he owes four hundred thousand dollars, and he, I mean, it's not like gonna... he. Well, it, to sit there and say he owes it, the courts are now that that court that judge has made it to where 
he supposedly owes it. He can appeal that and it can go to another judge and stuff, but it's all, this is why when you get into legalese bullshit, it just becomes a nightmare. Because if you're taking a look at what Mark Hunt was suing them for, no one can sit there and say that Mark is wrong. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not the litigious person and I would not have sued them. I'm just being honest. Uh, for what he did, but he looked at it and said, look, you, you, you asked me to fight Brock Lesnar. You told me that he was being tested. We find out that for him to actually fight me at UFC 200, he skipped the testing and then he came up dirty. And so you put me in a bad situation and that's what he was suing him for. Basically. All so kinds how did of he not win? So how did he not win? If you have rules, what do you mean? You have to be in your court your case is still pull. going. The lawsuit oh, is still going. Got it. Got it. He hasn't lost the lawsuit. What he's got done it, is he's it. had a judge in Nevada award Zufa, the UFC, legal fees for this ongoing case. Yeah. Interesting. You would think they wouldn't do that till afterwards. You would until, think until they lost. You would think, yeah, until they won. I should say, if that's yeah. the case. All right, is there anything else, Dave? Yeah, I think we got time for a handful of fan questions. So um, right. let's uh, let's knock out a few fan questions. We ran a we ran a fan question um, post earlier today, so we'll honor some of these. Um, so I'm gonna probably We're get through honoring. between five <laughs> like and ten. That. All right, John. <laughs> John. Come on. This guy. All right. Just the, the sound of podcast Dave today is fucking under my skin. It's killing me right now. I just want to. <laughs> You're lucky you live in Austin now, buddy. Um, when I see I'm you, training it's for on. Winter Warrior, Josh. So, I mean, if oh, you want to catch these Oh, go, baby, catch, go. If you want to catch Have you started hands, the program? Have you started the program? No, but I've started four-mile runs per day. So, uh, you know, my cardio game is better than yours right now. Cardio game is up. You're... You could train for fucking not, two my, years. Your cardio game would never be as good as mine. My, my lab, ever. Is, my lab is not pulling me on a skateboard, bro. No, man, matter. you're pulling your lab. Tell him, Dave. It doesn't matter, buddy. It doesn't matter. You could train for two years. Even right now, at forty something years old, you would never be as good a shape as me. I'm not, dude. I'm telling you right now, I'm doing about five miles, five miles a day, Josh. On your on your one wheel. On my one wheel. <laughs> on your one wheel. That, <laughs> hey, I saw they have some new ones that are out. They look pretty dope. Yeah, the GT. Do you have a new one, or do you have like one of the uh, the older ones with just like the board? No, my, mine's the, uh, the. There's three levels. There was the XR and the pint, and now there's the GT. They got rid of the XR mm. and the GT and the pint. So, so the pint is the GT. The have like the lights on it and stuff. Oh, mine has the lights on it. XR has that's, lights on it and stuff. That's pretty dope. Oh, I, they're fun. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. I just I just bought a new mountain bike. Yeah, John. <laughs> let me just tell you. I know was, those are expensive. Fucking super expensive, man. That's why you don't buy I, it. Yeah, and I had to get the new face mask. I got the new helmet with the new face mask on it because I knew I'd be going a little bit harder. Because I got a full suspension. I had a I had an S works specialized S works, but it was a hardtail. Yeah, my body started getting ba- beat up pretty bad trying to hit a lot of the trails we were hitting. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. So I went and got the full suspension because all my buddies that I ride with, they're all full suspension, but I'm faster than all of them on the downhill. So it's like, all right, well, let me go get the full suspension. Now I'm way, way faster than them, but and it's my body doesn't take as much but damage. But the uphill, you're not love. quite as fast. I'm actually not too bad, John. I'm, I'm a getter when it comes to the cardio yeah. scene. 
I'm well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying, why. but the, the, the suspension in the back tends to take a little bit of that, that pump oh, absolutely. away. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. But the good thing is, is that, um, the new, <laughs> the new specialized that I got is, is friggin' is top of the line. Yeah. I didn't get an e-bike though. Everyone for you guys second guessing me, I didn't get an e-bike cause oh, that's what I bikes done. now. Those are cheap. Of course. You're, you're almost 300 pounds. You're almost Fuck 300 yeah, pounds. Man, I, ain't pump. I, feel, I would just look at you, hit the button and go, yeah. <laughs> this is a cool idea. Like I didn't realize, like I didn't even put this together though. When people are like, oh yeah, I got, cause there's so many people with e-bikes now. And I'm like thinking to myself, I go, why did you guys buy e-bikes? Like the the Smartest best part thing is ever. like, yeah, the reason being is because now they're like, I can ride a lot longer. I can yeah. ride for six, seven, for five, six hours. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I do like three hours, maybe four, and I'm exhausted because I'm actually pedaling up the hill. Yeah. You know, and you ride to the top, you 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 know, you motor down, and then you ride up, and then do it again. But you know, I get I'll get two, maybe three rides in in the morning. Right, we go early. These guys, they're doing seven, eight rides because they're like, yeah, I can ride a lot longer because I don't have to put in as much work going uphill. I'm like, that's the, I don't know. I feel like you got to earn it. You know, it's almost <laughs> like cutting weight before you fight. I feel like that's like the last little bit when you earn it. Anyways. All right. Well, okay, Dave, go ahead. Let's go hear ahead. it. All right. Let's get into this first question. Just saying asks, uh, hey guys, being talk about Cowboy versus Paddy Pimblett and how do you see this matchup going or is it? a good one to make and what would you guys think about cowboy versus nick diaz in the future a great podcast uh okay so are they talking about patty and uh cowboy is that fight i haven't heard anything about I, that fight i saw i saw a post earlier i mean it wasn't official but it was like some it was something that suggested there was a uh, the speculation about it yeah um uh, I, I don't like it for Cowboy because it has no win situation for him. If he beats him, he's supposed to beat him. If he doesn't beat him, it's okay. You're washed out. You're done. You know, um, I don't I don't really like that fight for Cowboy. It doesn't do anything for him at all whatsoever. I mean, not that he needs to have anything done for him, but I'm just saying, I know. Eh. And the Cowboy and the Nate Diaz fight, I've already seen it. No, he said Nick Diaz. Oh, Nick. Yeah, Nick. Nick. Okay, oh, Nick, yeah. I don't really want to see that fight either. <laughs> So, um, it's like, if you look at the same, they're very similar, you know, Nick and Nate are very similar. So yeah, no, I, I don't really, I don't really have interest. I want to see Patty, uh, fight somebody who is another up and comer and, um, why not have him fight that one kid, uh, who they call the great something, the great. Oh, Alexander the Great? Alexander, Alexander Hernandez. Hernandez. Is it Hernandez? Yeah. I'd like yeah. to see that fight. That'd be a good little scrap between the That'd two. That'd be a good fight. Look at Patty Pimlin is was he came on the scene being a very good grappler. Mm -hmm. He's got good submission, good jujitsu. His stand up's gotten better. I actually, you know, look, Cowboy just came off of uh, two. He's been in two grappling things lately. We had Craig Jones, which uh, look just to to be on the mat with Craig Jones is saying something. And then he also did uh, Joe Salicki, who's with the UFC as a lightweight. You know, he lost both of those, but. Like one of the things that Cowboy has always had is very good grappling. He's very, he's much better on the ground than than people give him credit for. His stand up now, he has slowed down, but I honestly think that that might not be a good fight for Patty Pimlet. I don't think it is either. But I I no. don't think it, he doesn't have anything to gain. Donald Cerrone doesn't have anything uh, no. to gain by fighting him. Cero Cowboy has nothing to gain by fighting Patty. You know, the only person that could gain something out of it would be Patty. And size-wise, look at Nick Diaz is a 185-pound fighter. 
you know, Cowboy has fought up to 170, and that they're too big for him at 170, but he, he'll fight at 170. He can't fight at 185. That's not a fight that I would uh, think is a fight that they would even think about putting together. Not that, you know, uh, Nick and, and Don Donald together wouldn't be fun to watch. I just think that the size and everything, uh, when Nate was able to do what he was able to do with Cowboy, Nick is at a bigger size not a good matchup there for Cowboys. So I would say, yeah, I think the Pimlet matchup actually was, I wouldn't have a problem with that, even though there's a big age difference and stuff. I think Cowboy would do very well there against Nick. A little bit too big. A little bit yeah. too big right now. Got it. Next. All right. This next one uh, comes from Nick Asetule, who asks, Why is Robert Whitaker so overlooked? Seems no matter what the guy does, nobody talks about him or how talented he is. He is one of the most well-rounded fighters in all of MMA. Your thoughts, question mark. John, let me tell you why. He's a fucking nice guy. And people just over always look, they always overlook the nice guy. He's a nice guy. His style is, he's very clean technically. He doesn't do anything like... Uh, he's not like someone that is big slams. He's not super explosive, but he's just good all the way around. He's a very talented fighter. He's a good, good takedown defense. He's got good top position when he does get on top. He's got good kickboxing. He's got a good chin. He's a fucking amazing fighter. Absolute stud. Everything about him I love. I love everything about his personality. I love the way he fights. I love everything about him. He just doesn't get the credit because he's very, he kind of keeps to himself. Doesn't talk a lot of shit. He gives a lot of people respect. And that's what I like to see in fighters. That's the way they should be, but they're not. Not everyone's that way. And the ones that aren't that way are the ones that get pushed to the side. And that's kind of why. I mean, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. I agree with the, whatever this guy's name Nick. is. Yeah, okay, you yeah, know what? Nick. You're you're absolutely right. Um, Robert Whitaker is a stud. He's good. He is good everywhere. He's got a good. Uh, his wrestling is good. His defensive wrestling is good. His stand up striking is clean. He uh, he counterstrikes very well. Uh, his jujitsu game is actually pretty decent, uh, not bad at all. He's exactly what you said. He doesn't talk snap about other people. You know, there's you can take a look at uh, his division. You, Adesanya, Adesanya talks snap. Now he can back it up, but he talks snap. You know, he also does. You know, he'll do the. You know, he does all the theatrical stuff also that Whitaker doesn't take part of in all at all and so when you're you're looking at him and and people they don't really i think a lot of times understand how good he really is and how technically proficient he is and how good you have to be to beat him and he's that guy that right now if you t you know if you took adesanya out he's, he's kind of in the colby covington situation you know, if it wasn't for Adesanya, Robert Whitaker would still be the champion in the middleweight division. He's that good, and uh, he's other guys are going to have a hard time beating him. Not that you know, there's nobody that's unbeatable, but he's in that position. It's just that Adesanya's length—he's six foot four. The length and the style of stand-up that he has—he makes a hard fight for Whitaker. Yeah. But other than that, Whitaker is—he's a stud. Like he's, he's ranked number one in that division. There's only one guy ahead of him. You know, what are you going to say? He might get him in this next one. He and didn't. He, might. he didn't get him in the first one. But you could also go back and if you watch that fight, 
yep. you will see many things that Whitaker did wrong. Uh, and a, a lot of it was, I think, that Adesanya kind of got under his skin, kind of got him mad, kind of got him worked up, and to the point where, and we always say, man, you don't fight mad. You don't fight angry. You don't fight trying to hurt someone. You you fight smart. And I think in that fight, Whitaker kind of lost that smart fighter aspect that he always has. And so in the next one, he might settle himself down mm-hmm. and adjust little things that are going to make a big difference in the fight, and he could win. Yeah, I think he probably went back and he's just like, shit, I could have done this, I could have done yeah. that. And then now also seeing... Jan uh, Blahovich beat him and the way he yep. beat him and kind of just like, hey, you know what, I can take a couple little things from there. And you guys got to remember, when somebody has been beaten, doesn't matter if it's in a different weight class, the the, the groundwork has kind of been laid out now. Like this is potentially the way to start trying to get get him to or get, get the win over him. And so he's laid that out. Jan laid that out against Izzy. And Whitaker's the, the type of fighter that is probably going to go to the well and learn to figure this out. Like, hey, look, I can work on the wrestling aspect. Or I can work on getting the takedown on the open mat. I can work on a lot of little things. On the stand-up, don't get me wrong, he's good. It's not like he can't stand with Izzy. He can. He just got to make sure that he doesn't get careless. He's got to touch him and then get out of the way. He's got to touch him and not back out with his chin in the air. He's got to make sure he steps offline. He's got to make sure that he's not throwing his combinations and staying in one spot. He's got to move in and move out. Slide in, throw the combinations, and cut angles. If he does little things like that, that'll make a big difference. He's no slouch on the on the feet at all. He, he can stand with Izzy. He's just got to be cautious. He doesn't leave himself open after the exchanges. Like That's what happened in the last fight. In that scenario are in that in this next fight when they fight he's got to mix up the wrestling a little bit more and he's got to utilize that i think and if he does that'll make izzy a step slower on the feet because he'll be worried about the takedown if he does get him down it will start to become a problem i think for izzy as the fight goes on because then the takedowns will potentially start coming a little bit easier if if uh, whitaker is able to keep getting them if he gets one or two takedowns on the first round and makes Izzy work to get back up, it will start to slow Izzy down on the feet as they as the fight goes on in a five round fight. Oh yeah, yeah. You you hit it on the head. Human beings are, are we're just incredibly mental, and the whole thing of what you're saying is, you know, it it, it used to be Roger Bannister and the and the four minute mile. No one could run a mile faster than four minutes until one guy does it, and then within a couple of weeks, other people are doing it. Because once they see it can be done and they see how this is, you know, the pace needed to be set like this, this is what needs to be done, they can do it. But when it hasn't been done, it's like, I don't think it can be done. And you have that mental, you know, block. And now it could be that he sees what, you know, you know, was done in that fight that, you know, Blahovich was able to get the win against Adesanya. And he incorporates a lot of those same things and he's successful. He can definitely walk away with the title. Yeah, John just totally na- aged himself. Robert Bannister, I don't know who the fuck. Roger that is. Bannister, dude. <laughs> Whatever. That's called man. history. <laughs> the reason you you know history is that, you know because you that's what tells you how things happen, and you don't want to repeat bad history. Were you born when that guy did it? <laughs> Hell no, I was not. <laughs> that's how long ago that was. Oh jeez. All right. All right. Next. This next one from Darren Boy asks: For John, did the judges ever get together or discuss what each other seen differently in the event of a split decision? It seems it seems a simple thing to do, but never hear of it happening. Yeah, you don't hear of it happening, but it happens after every, every fight. Show. Yeah. 
every fight. Okay, I'm telling you right now, the judges on big fights, after every fight, they they will huddle up, and the guys that did that fight will get together, unless it was, you know, uh, it was a blowout fight as far as, you know, you know, 30-27 across the board that way. But even if it was 30-26, 30-25, they'll, they'll talk about what they saw, why, why it was a 10-8 round in this round, what was, what was it that, that put them over, you know, the edge on giving it an 8 instead of a 9, you know, wh- at what point they did. They'll discuss all of that because, you know, it's easy to blast the judges. It's easy to say, oh, they don't know anything. Look, they know a lot. And they're very good with the sport, but you're never going to make everybody happy. You can't. When you have a close fight and there's 50% of the people want fighter in the blue corner and 50% want fighter in the red corner, and it's a real close fight, 50% of the people are going to say you're wrong. (laughs) It's just the way it is. Okay. So they take it very seriously. They converse all the time at the shows and then and trust me, you should see my my texting, my phone light up during a, after a fight. I mean, right after the fight. I'm watching it on TV. I see them raise the hand of the fighter, and 15 seconds later, there goes my phone, and there people, and it's the judges that were on that. Hey, did you see this? Tell me what you think about it. Because they're asking questions all the time. They want to be the best that they can be for the fighter. So, yes, they do talk about it after Every fight they're getting together just about. And then at the end of the night, they all get together with the commission and the commission will ask them questions. Tell me why you you scored this round. Let's talk about this round and they'll talk about just specific rounds. They don't talk about every fight, but if they had a fight that was close or controversial in any way that they looked at that said, you know, it could have been this way. They will talk about that round. They will have the judges that judged it explain why they gave the the score that they did and other people in the room at times will attack that judge and say man you have no i'll be one of the guys attacking him are you kidding me you know and, and it's a matter of sometimes they'll say stuff that you go you just are not understanding this at all and then sometimes they'll say it and you'll go you're absolutely right it's exactly the reason why you should have given that and and this is the point when it turned that this fighter started to take over Yes, they do. John, John, why the hell do we always have the same damn judge then fucking it up? Hey, I cannot, I cannot help who the athletic commissions hire. Jeez. That is not my position, but we all know. Hopefully, that they're always trying to hire the very best. Mm-hmm. All right, we are going <laughs> to end on this nice little question right here from August Ulrich. How was your New Year's, Christmas, or other holiday celebration? Also, what was your favorite worst experience of 21 that you're willing to share? I hope everyone has a fantastic 22. Wow. Oh, so the first part, uh, how was the New Year's? Well, the New Year, Christmas was COVID. So I was in my room <laughs> hanging out by myself, uh, FaceTiming family and staying away, keeping my social distancing, which basically I felt like it was just the flu. Um, you guys can take what you want from all that, but, um, yeah, that was it. New Year's Eve. Um, I finally got cleared that day. My COVID COVID test came back clean that day. So I was able to spend New Year's Eve with family. Uh, but that was about it. The rest of it, I just basically hunkered down in my room and I watched a lot of Netflix, Netflix and chill, baby. That's what it was. All right. What's your best of 2021? My best, my best of my world. And so then my, your best worst. Of tw- my best of 2021. 
in terms of my experience overall was honestly work, man. I really, really thought we had a good year of great fights given the situation and the circumstances for Bellator. Um, like in, with the COVID situation, I thought our, perf- I thought a lot of the fighters stepped up and a lot of passing of the torches, you know, um, it was, it was great to see guys like Yaroslav Amosov and I'm a huge Douglas Lima fan. I'm a huge, you know, I love watching him fight. I'm a huge fan of his, but Yaroslav Amosov right now, to me is probably one of the best, I would say top two or three fighters in the world period overall across the board, pound for pound, you know, watching him just do what he does. It's, it's, if you want, I follow him on Instagram as well. And I'm seeing him, he's traveling, he's traveling to, uh, AKA Thailand. He was training there. Now he's at Tiger Muay Thai with Fazeev. He's, he's like traveling all these places. He was in London and he was in Russia. He was in, uh, I think Chechnya. He was, he's traveling and you see, he's just try when guys have, they have no concept of who to train with. They just, they train with everybody. That's how they get so damn good. And he is phenomenal, man. And I just was watching. I just been following him on Instagram. To me, I think he's someone to keep a really close eye on throughout the throughout the the year of 2022. Um, in terms of the worst, I also want to give credit to the 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 one obviously fight of the year for Bellator was the Sabah Masi and the Paul Daly fight. Absolute barn burner of a fight. If you guys haven't watched that fight, you guys got to look it up, watch it. Uh, that to me was one of the best highlights of my year to watch that and talk about that fight, and that was a phenomenal fight. Um, in terms of the worst, I mean, I think everyone will fucking agree. The fucking shit show that's been run by our government. Like, what the hell's going on with this shit? I'm sorry, man. I'm so, everyone's sitting around fucking businesses not knowing what to do. Whether we're open, we're closed, we're not. We are, we're not. People going out, you know. Anyways, I'm not trying to get too political about it all, but that to me was the shit show for 2021. That sucked, and that it sucked. So hopefully, 2022 was a lot better in that department. There you go. All right, let's see for Christmas. I had to make too many gifts because we made a deal that you had to make people stuff instead of just buying them stuff. So I was uh, I was busy with uh, sanding. That's the worst and, thing you know, ever, dude! I'll tell you came what. Came up with that? I thought damn my thing. daughter came up with it. I thought that's a, yeah, that's a great idea. Until I was in the middle of making stuff, I'm like, God damn it, this is a pain in the ass. <laughs> but tell me, tell me, you guys voted not to do that again next. I year. got that done. No, in fact, the, the only thing they did is we we're gonna we we're gonna choose earlier, so you got more time. <laughs> So, absolutely uh, not but no i had a good I, I had a very good christmas because i had most of my family out here my, i wasn't able to see my dad i'll be able to see my dad for his birthday coming up so that was the only bad part for uh the holidays there new year's i didn't do anything i, w- I was i was working the whole day i was making a chicken coop so that's what i did on new year's the first time first new year's that i've not sat there just watching football so normally i spend it with my dad watching football but i wasn't able to do that so Let's see. The uh, worst thing was the chicken coop for your daughter at her farm, or was it yes. for the house? No, it's for my okay. daughter's farm. I just wasn't yeah. sure because your wife, you know, because Miss McCarthy always <laughs> adding more shit around. No, that the house. would be that would be a raccoon, squirrel, possum. Jeez, Jesus man. Christ! I thought uh, maybe see. she spread her wings to chickens. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing for twenty twenty one: getting my ass kicked by a fucking oak tree. <laughs> That was probably the worst. Six broken ribs and the, and the the hole in my lung for a while, having to drive up to uh, the Mohegan Sun with that. Jeez. That was not fun, but that was probably the worst. And the best, oh my God, I would say just you know the fact that I was able. To, I am blessed in that I get to work with people that I care about, that I love, that I uh, enjoy being around. 
and I get to do my podcast with a guy that I absolutely enjoy screwing with consistently throughout <laughs> the day, the week, the uh, month, the year. Uh, we have a good time, so I, I am blessed in that. Isn't it like you would? I honestly, John, did you think we'd ever become friends the way we've become friends? After hell, that? no. It's, it's so weird. I thought you were a punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just fun. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would have never have thought, honestly. I just even because even when you refed my fights, you had a very like the stern way. That of was business. In the, I understand that. I get it. But you know, sometimes you can sometimes get a feel for someone's personality. Yeah. You know, and not just like whether the rules in the back or whether it was in the cage, you know, no, stand over there. And I was like, man, calm down, man. You were so forcing me around. I'm the one that got hit in the nuts, dude. Why are you yelling at me? No, but you know what I mean? Like, and so when I, when we, and then also to the, the, when I did the Patricky, um, uh, uphill, you know, we had talked a couple of times and I was like, I was, I just wasn't sure. I was like, man, like. Is he on my side? Is he not on my side? I knew you. It felt like you were on my side. I was but on your like, side. I know, but then it just felt like okay. But <laughs> this is not my. This is not my fault. I got headbutted. Like, anyways. But then we started working together, and it became real fun and just hilarious, man. And Miss McCarthy was always with you at the time, so it was like having another mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna hate me for that, but yeah. it was absolutely. It was. It's been fun, man. It's been fun. It has. So all right. Uh, well, that pretty much wraps us up, and hopefully you guys enjoyed this show and uh, continue to support us. Hit the subscribe button on our in our channel, as well as go to the link down below in our main channel. That will take you to our waiting extras. That's like more like our clips channel. We do an extra show there, which we're going to film right now just for you guys called Wayne Interjection. And we hopefully you guys enjoyed the your guys' New Year and get everyone was safe. And we want to wish you a happy New Year. Now that it is a full New Year, which we've already done, but we're going to continue to do it because it's a blessing. For us to wake up every day and enjoy the Wayne In podcast. And like I said, we get to enjoy each other's company. And this is fun for us, man. Even though we have to deal with podcast day, we still put up with it. We enjoy him, though. All right. Well, also go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne In. Use that promo code and still pick up one of our shirts. Please pick up the shirt. When you guys pick up the shirts, we, we've seen people who are buying them. But post it. Post it so we can retweet it, repost it, do all those things. We want to thank you guys so much for supporting our show. And, John, take us off the air, buddy. Everyone out there, man, have a great 2022, and we will see you.